What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fight Junkies. It's a beautiful, beautiful Thursday in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I got an awesome guest today. This man is a complete savage. Even when you look at him, you might say, man, he looks like a friendly guy, but he will rip your limbs completely off your body and beat you and your friends with them. But he won't do that. Today, I have an amazing jujitsu expert uh, with 10th Planet, and uh, his name is Jordan. Where's no gi? Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, bud? <laughs> it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime I meet a 10th Planet guy, I just... And we'll get into the, like some of the controversy back in the you know the day when <laughs> yeah. it came to like gi and no gi, but there was a, there still is a lot. There yeah, still is a lot. It's an ongoing controversy, ongoing debate. But the no gi side is starting to win, kind of like with the with the landslide, man. Everybody's starting to realize that no gi is the way. It's the yeah. current meta. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, how many times you go to fight someone, they take their shirt off in the parking lot, you know? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's that's kind of similar to. <laughs> You know, it makes sense gi. if you're on like the East Coast, you know, or like if wherever you live is very cold. Like a New lot York, of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, you know, people are wearing big jackets. Then I understand the gi being for, for self defense. Still, though, if I'm fighting somebody, I want my grips to be there 100% of the time. Like, I always make a joke. Like, if we're fighting butt naked in an elevator, I'm still going to beat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't need any clothes. I don't need any space. I just need to get connection to you. And if I'm connected to you, it's over, bro. That's like, I'm, I know how to grab your elbows. I know how to grab your wrist. I know how to grab your neck. No, unless you're missing an arm or a limb, you know yeah. what I mean? Those are always going to be there. So, like, the gi, that's the one thing that I always had a problem with the gi is, like, you resort to your training in self-defense situations and in, in, in like really, really tense situations, you resort to your training. Yeah, muscle memory. Muscle memory is important, man. And if you're reaching for grips and collars and those grips and collars may or may not be there, that's going to be a problem, you know? Like I want my muscle memory to be always there, whether they have a jacket on or not. I know how to grab your elbow. Your elbow is always there, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to have you in. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is slowly uh, becoming one of the you know, one human superpowers that we can actually achieve. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Jocko, uh, who I respect fully, Jocko Willink. Shout out to Jocko. Uh, I was also in Iraq the same time as you, sir. Um, I'd like to get you on Fight Junkies one day. So little little clip for Fight Junkies. Uh, Jocko's a complete savage, but he, he says it's a superpower. Um, literally I, and I believe it is. We also have my, uh, my producer, normally my engineer yeah. producer yeah, uh, on set. Yeah, from Bizarre Junkies, Austin. What's up, Austin? How are you doing? I was just drilling darses all morning, and now here I am talking about jujitsu again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so beautiful. Austin just recently uh, used to wrestle uh, in high school and, you know, got away from it. He's a, he's a dad and a husband. But, uh, you know, he's gotten into jujitsu in the last two or three weeks. Yeah, it's been great. Nice. It's been, uh, like, this morning I woke up and I was like, I feel awful. And then, like, I rolled once and I was like, I still feel awful, but I feel good awful now. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, so good. Yeah, jiu-jitsu is one of the few things that forces you to be in the moment. You know what I mean? You can't be thinking about, like, uh, what was happening the morning of or what's going to be going on later on or else you're going to get choked out, yep. man. It's, <laughs> you have to be in the moment. And I think that's what gravitates a lot of people to jiu-jitsu because it doesn't matter what stresses or what's going on in your daily life. You can just zone out and, like, zone into the moment, you know? so 100%, yeah. Uh, I don't have any... My phone's away. My watch is off. All I'm thinking about is how do I not get choked right now? <laughs> how do I not die? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. The game of death, man. It's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. I, f I first got introduced to jiu-jitsu like at like a, a, 
almost daily when I was in Germany, we had a, I had a, a guy in my squad, Henry Salas, a good friend of mine, 17 years now, deployed with him. But he is um, the biggest Mexican you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, and this guy's a sat, and he was a purple belt back then. Okay. And we all like didn't know barely what jujitsu was, but like but he did, yeah, he did. <laughs> so I, I like our platoon sergeant at the time, Southerly, would say like, "Well, let let's go to the gym, throw some mats down, and we'll train hand you know hand to hand combat." Yeah, yeah. And being that we had this guy, I was a buck sixty maybe one fifty, and he was like two seventy, just savage. Oh man, like five years old, and he just beat the dog shit out. I mean, for three years we just trained with with Salas on and off. Two seventy and a purple belt. Savage. Oh, dangerous. man. Well, yeah, that's a dangerous man right yeah. there, dude. Salas, no disrespect. I love you. It wasn't like a healthy 270. You still, know? though. Yeah. Still, still, man. <laughs> love you, bro. Don't fuck me up. But, 270 uh, is 270, bro. It's a lot of weight, dude. If you're a purple belt, you know how to use it, man. You don't, you don't yeah. have to be the top tier necessarily looking athlete. You have the you have the knowledge to, to be able to smash somebody, bro. You just lay on top of somebody. You know how to smother use your weight. Them. Smother them. If you're 270 pounds, it's a massive problem dude bro <laughs> so bringing up the when i kind of was introduced to jujitsu so many years ago i wanted to get into you like you're 26 right yes i am i'm 26 for for a few more days i'm turning 27 on monday bro i just you're a taurus um no i'm a gemini i'm 22nd ah, sorry 22nd <laughs> i don't really believe in all that yeah but me neither but i, I yeah, i'm people, a bull man I'm people a bull. tell me that i'm a gemini and i have a taurus traits or taurus qualities because i'm on the cusp or i just turned bullshit. 37 may 2nd yeah. <laughs> and i'm a taurus so i thought maybe yeah. anyways may 22nd <laughs> May twenty second, right? This was about way fighting. Up, way to yeah. fuck up the podcast, Bobby. All right, we threw in, we threw in some. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've just heard that I have like depression, or what? I, my son is depression, and my rising is anxiety, or something like oh, that. Man, I oh. don't get, I don't get that far into it. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What I was much. trying to say is, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not young, but you're not old by any means. What got you into jujitsu? And like, tell me about like uh. your come up. Cause I watch a lot of uh, Tom DeBlass. Um, yeah. Tom's from Jersey. He's big in the, you know, helping people learn how to defend themselves. He's a big for advocate sure. for like not people not getting bullied. And uh, you know, I got bullied a lot in high school um, okay. and you know, it kind of turned me into more of a savage to back then. Yeah, I was going to say, were you looking into my backstory a little bit? Maybe you found no. some stuff. Yeah, that's how no. I got into jiu-jitsu as well, man. I got I got bullied really bad when I was younger. Okay, um, can we go into that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot sure, of kids man. that may watch this, and they're going to see like a high-level jiu-jitsu competitor. Like, yeah. you know, I'm an Iraq combat vet, and I was scared every day in Iraq, but I went to boot camp, and I proved to myself I could do things that I never thought I would do because yes. I was a scared little kid who got picked on. Yeah. And now... Um, I want to prove to everybody else, like you, you may be yeah. that kid now and it's okay to have fear, but you got to use that fear as a superpower to fuel everything fuel that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So get into that. So, um, uh, I, so, uh, not to be like too, 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 too get into it. But, um, when I was in middle school, man, I got bullied like real bad. I left my first middle school. My first middle school is called Brown junior high school. It was full of a bunch of like um, brown kids, you know, brown and Hispanic kids. And I was like, man, these kids are bullying me. I'm going to go to the nicer school, Burkholder. And I went there for seventh and eighth grade and the white kids bullied me way worse, bro. I was like, oh man, I guess everybody just bullies me. It has nothing to do with skin color. People are just mean. Yeah. And then I got to high school and then, um, my dad, so, uh, a uh, little bit of a backstory as well. My dad 
was got his jiu-jitsu blue belt from Gustavo Dantes in Las Vegas in uh, 1994, I believe. Like, way long ago, bro. Like, pioneer. Like, lo- nobody was really training jiu-jitsu then. My dad found out about the UFC. Um, it might have been 96. might have been the year I was born. But it, in the early in the mid-90s, my dad got his jiu-jitsu blue belt. And so I grew up watching the UFC. Like, UFC 1, Hoist Gracie, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, like... Um, Ken Shamrock, all these guys, man, I was like watching, I knew who they were. They were my household names. I never liked any type of sports with a ball. I was never good at it, like football, baseball, basketball. I didn't like watching normal sports, but I was watching UFC every Saturday, like at a time where it wasn't really common in the early 2000s, you know? And so I grew up watching MMA and knowing about jiu-jitsu, but I didn't really think it was for me. Um, my dad put me in wrestling when I was like 10. My first match, I got fucking suplexed right on my neck. I was like, ah, I quit, dad, I quit. And he's like, no, 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 you can't quit. And I was like, no, dad, I, I quit. This isn't for me. And, but I, I was in the sucks. culture. I was sucks. in the culture. You know, my dad, I grew up, my dad was like, Jordan, let me put you in a triangle choke. Let me put you in an Americana. I was like fucking 10, 11 years old, you know? I love it. I and, love it. Um, but yeah, flash forward back to high school. I was getting bullied real bad, man. I, um, I had real bad grades too. Graduating high school, I tell people to this day, graduating was the hardest thing I ever had to do as a human being. Even like getting my brown belt in jiu-jitsu and, and competing at a high level in jiu-jitsu, that's a breeze compared to going to what I was going through in high school. I had like real bad anxiety and depression, man. I I just like would wake up. I literally would throw up in the morning. I was so like depressed and anxious to go to high school. And then one day I was walking home and, and then there was a bunch of kids that like claimed to be in a group that were part of the bloods. And the way you would get initiated into their gang is like just jumping somebody for no reason, like beating up a random person, you know? They still do that to this day a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I was walking home, man. I was walking home to my neighborhood and then these kids started just messing with me, my cousin, uh, my cousin Brandon and my best friend Blake. And long story short, puss came to shove. They all started to attack us. And when they started to attack us, we were heavily outnumbered, bro. There was like 10, 11 kids and it was me and, and and my best friend Blake and my cousin Brandon. And I remember vividly, like, I remember it like the back of my hand. I wasn't afraid. I was, I, I, I'd never been in a situation like that where, like, I was in a full-fledged fight. You know, I'd never really been in a fight before. And when I got into a fight and I was outnumbered, I wasn't afraid at all, bro. Before the fight happened, I was like, I'll fight all you guys one-on-one. Like, this is, this is unfair. Like, you guys want to fight me? Sure, I'll fight everybody one-on-one. So you got mad. I got, I was mad, bro. I was like, you guys are trying to fight me for no reason. Like, what's your problem? Boom, I got um, hit behind my head, and then I started um, fighting these kids. I was boxed in. I got beat up pretty bad. I started um, walking away. And then my cousin Brandon ran, bro. So it was just me and my best friend, Blake. My cousin Brandon ran away. Damn, Brandon. Where you at, Brandon? But, um... (laughs) After that, man, I, I kind of was like, dude, like, oh, man, I'm failing all of my classes. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get older. Everybody's like telling me, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, I, I tell you, you always are in high school. You don't know what you're going to do. Everybody's like, oh, you got to go to college. Da, 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 da. Everybody was bullying me. I was like freaking out, man. And so I was like, dude. And everybody on a um, little bit more of a backstory, everybody on my dad's side of the family was all on drugs and I took the D.A.R.E. program. So I was always told drugs are drugs and drugs are bad. And so I didn't think drugs, any type of drugs would help me. So I didn't smoke any weed. I didn't do anything. I was like straight edge, no drugs at all. And then I started training jujitsu and I thought I was going to like striking a lot more. I liked Anderson Silva. I liked Chuck Liddell. I didn't really like wrestlers and jujitsu guys. And so I started training striking and MMA and, um, and, and jiu-jitsu at the same time, because I knew the importance of jiu-jitsu. I was like, you have to learn jiu-jitsu if you're going to be an MMA fighter, but I'm going to like striking a lot more. And then 
six months in, I'm training with these guys, these adult men, I'm sparring with them. And if I land one or two strikes, they would get pissed and they would start trying to light me up, dude. And they would light me up. I was 15 years old at the time. And then I would roll with that same guy and I would strangle him just ruthlessly against his will. And I didn't even really think I was that good at jiu-jitsu. I was just um, like watching videos occasionally, you know, studying. And I was like, wow, this jiu-jitsu shit really works it's well. Crazy, it's crazy. It's a works. superpower, man. This guy's way bigger and stronger and older than me. And I just strangled him really easily against his will. So you got obsessed. I uh, I was I was interested. I was interested. I was interested. And then my coach at the time showed me a, a lesson. He was like, okay, guys, we're going to do something. It's called 10th Planet. Um, so we're going to do the rubber guard, Gogo Plata, and Omo Plata. And I was always very flexible. I was so just going to ask how flexible you I've are. I've always been very flexible. And I've always... Um, been able to use my legs very well. My dad taught me to use my legs as, as hands. You know, that was one of the things he taught me about jujitsu. And then um, I did the gogo plata and the omo plata, and I was just fascinated. I was like, wow, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen, dude. Like, what else can you do from rubber guard? And my coach was like, ah, that's it. It's just gogo plata and omo plata. There's not really anything else you could do. This guy, Eddie Bravo, does it. It's called 10th Planet. You could look it up. And I was like, okay. And I went home and I looked up 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu, started looking up all got fascinated about the 10th planet system, started to learn everything about the rubber guard, got, was really, really obsessed. And then I started listening to Eddie and Eddie has a lot to say. Eddie's a very, very, um, talks a lot. He's yeah, a big talker. Sure. You know? I am too. Me and Eddie would, uh, yeah, me and Eddie yeah. would have a blast together. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, Eddie should come on here. You guys would have a great time. But I started listening to Eddie talk and, and to Joe Rogan talk in 2012 was the time. And he's a really, really big, avid marijuana um, advocate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I remember him listening to him like, oh, marijuana doesn't kill your brain cells. It doesn't give you cancer. Da, 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 da. It helps depression. It makes you more creative. And I was furious. I was like, this guy's lying. I look up to this guy and he's a drug addict. Like he's a fucking stoner. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that for when you're a kid and, I, and I that mindset. I was so upset, man. I was so upset, dude. I was like, dude. My hero, My fuck. hero's a drug addict? No, bro. Like, I can't believe this, this idiot. And so I start, like, there's no way what this guy is saying is true. And so I have the internet. And so I start Google searching everything he's saying to disprove him out of, out of anger. Like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Obviously, this isn't true. Let me, let me prove it. And then, boom, I go down an entire rabbit hole of, like, self-discovery. Like, oh, wow, I've been being lied to my entire life. Like, there's all this stuff out there that could potentially help me. And, like, is, like, I've, uh, you know. Especially really, you with anxiety. Bro, I needed it as a kid, bro. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not recommending for kids to smoke weed. I highly, um, if you don't need marijuana, most people don't need marijuana, bro. Most yeah. people don't need Well, I have a friend whose you know? son was, is epileptic, was having like 100 yeah. seizures a day. Yeah. They moved to Colorado. He's getting some tinctures. And the, you know, and the, I was able to get off lies, antidepressants bro. by smoking weed. Yes, man. Like, it helped me a it's, ton. It, it helps a lot of people, bro. But if if you don't need marijuana, then don't smoke it. As yeah, a kid. I don't I'm smoke just, anymore. Yeah. I, it actually does the opposite for me. It gives me anxiety. It does different things for different but people. But di different people, yeah. Exactly. I just, you know, it's just straight meth. I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I stick to my uppers. Yeah. <laughs> But so, yeah. so you're diving into this, you're finding out. I went down a hole, I got real deep into conspiracy theories, found out that the that the moon landing was faked, it was all sorts of stuff, man. Oh, I was shit. like, oh, wow, dude. 
And then he hosts a show called Bizarre Junkies. Yeah, I don't go that <laughs> deep on conspiracy. Like we do like paranormals, cryptids. I covered. Uh, uh-huh. Have you ever heard of Operation Starfish Prime? Whoa, no. That I was like not. in the, the 50s. They were launching nukes up above Starfish Hawaii. Prime? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Sounds bro. like, uh, the, what was deep. that movie with Will Smith? They went and there was a big starfish at the end that was killing everybody. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what is that movie? Is that a real movie? There's four of us in. Somebody's got to know. Yeah, there's like Har- uh, Harley Quinn. And oh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. There was a starfish? I don't know. I never watched yeah, it. I heard it was the awful. The second one. But yeah, I, mm. I talk about, I don't really do it's conspiracies because I'm not trying to be Alex Jones. I'm not trying to go that deep. Yeah, but no. I do. I do occasionally touch on it. But like, I do like cryptids, paranormal, uh, ghost stories, like oh, hauntings, sick, stuff sick. like that. So I wish I'm I not did. Too big into like the paranormal and like the ghost stories and stuff like that. But the government conspiracies. I mean, <laughs> right. my dad. That's another thing too. My dad's always been telling me like the government is not your friend. The government is out to get you. The government does not care about you. And so I kind of always heard that from my dad. And then when I discovered um, Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan, I got real deep into it. And I was like, he's oh, not lying, dude. He's not lying. I went and fought my for dad, a war that didn't right. exist. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's unfortunate. <laughs> Thank you, dude. though. I it's got lots of gas. Yeah. yeah. And but with that being said. Anybody who's been in the service, anybody who's been in the military, I have massive respect for, dude. Thank you for anybody who's um, who's um, put in time in the military. I have massive respect for veterans. It's it's, I my dad's a veteran as well. My dad was in the Navy, so oh, awesome. any any veteran, I have major respect for. You my know? my dad. A, it's not a diss to any type of veterans, you know, with what. The government is a little corrupt. Yeah, it's it had different. nothing to do with us. It's we different, were just exactly. It's the different. science project. Some people get get upset with me sometimes. They're like, "Oh, well, does that mean you don't like um, military people?" And I'm like, "No, man. That's <laughs> the not, military that's, people that's, didn't that's, decide that, to go yeah, to war. They're not yeah. the ones doing this, bro. Yeah, but well, I appreciate. Just had to, just appreciate had to throw that. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so you dive into these this stuff, and then you're starting to kind of open your brain. How do you, see, At I didn't even age. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. I think like you're Definitely thinking outside me, the box. It saved my life, man. I have 10th Planet. That's another reason why I have 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu on my arm, right? There's over 150 10th Planets worldwide. I train at 10th Planet Las Vegas with Coach Casey, but my 10th Planet tattoo says 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu because 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and Eddie Bravo revolutionized the face of Jiu-Jitsu. He's like a Bruce Lee figure, dude. He completely changed the game forever. What Bruce Lee did for Jiu-Jitsu and for the sport is, I'm Bruce Lee, Eddie Bravo. What Eddie Bravo Him did, too, one and the same. Yeah, man, he, it was like what Bruce Lee did. Man, Bruce Lee changed the face of martial arts forever. That's the same thing that Eddie Bravo did. Eddie completely changed the face of martial arts, man. Like people don't really realize what that guy did. I think when when he passes away, it's I don't really think... gonna be like people are gonna gonna realize what what the implications of the. Um, ramifications he did on the sport man like he when do you think that it expanded like i know and for for some of the listeners like if you don't know too much about like 10th planet there i'll let can you explain that like why there was a big between the nogi and like that kind i don't so everybody doesn't know if they're not in that world you know so yeah 10th um jujitsu is traditionally done in the gi it was um like monopolized by the gracies you know the gracies kind of controlled jujitsu they were like the royal family of jiu-jitsu. If you did jiu-jitsu, you were usually Brazilian, and it was always done in the gi. That's how it was for the longest time. And then comes Eddie Bravo into the ADCC. He was a massive, massive underdog, brown belt, American, stoner. And then Hoyler Gracie at the time had never lost a match and never even had a point scored on him. And everybody thought if Hoyler was going to lose in jiu-jitsu, it was going to be to another black belt, and it was going to be another Brazilian. And now here comes this American guy, brown belt, and he submits him with a triangle choke. Completely, like, shocks the world. 
And then he's like, okay, that's it. I'm retired. I'm dropping the gi <laughs> yeah. to Planet Jiu-Jitsu, son. And that pissed a lot of people off because he didn't even, I mean, I love Eddie Bravo, but he didn't, a lot of people don't know this as well. Eddie didn't win ADCC. Eddie didn't win his next match against Leo Vieira. Leo Vieira spanked Eddie, bro. Bad, bad. Watch that match, man. Eddie didn't get tapped, but Eddie got spanked, man. It's a, it's a fun match to watch. But because of what he did to But because Gracie. of him tapping Hoyler, he still had enough, um, had enough like um, respect on his name to, com to make his own system. But when he first did it, a lot of people thought it was a fluke. A lot of people were like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. You're crazy. You're just renaming name, like renaming moves that already were out there. Like there's this guy, Nino Shembri, that was really mad at, at Eddie Bravo saying that he's been doing all this stuff and Eddie just stole it and was renaming it. So a lot of the Brazilians were mad at Eddie Bravo because he was essentially doing what they were doing, but making money from it his own way. And he was trying, but what he was really doing, bro, was trying to push the sport forward. He... Um, he, uh, at the time before his ADCC match, he thought he was going to have to go fight in pride. Right. And so he was afraid that he was going to have to go fight in pride. And he was seeing all these guys in the gi get beat up off of their backs. And his instructor, Jean-Jacques Machado does not have a hand. So Jean-Jacques Machado, his whole style of jujitsu is based off of overhooks and underhooks. It's not based off of grabbing the gi really. That's why Jean-Jacques Machado did so well in ADCC when he went. And Jean-Jacques um, Jean Machado's student was Eddie Bravo. And at this time, Eddie thought he was going to go have to fight in Japan to make money. And so he was afraid. And that's where the whole system had developed from, of him controlling people off of his back and clinching people. And so he wanted to um, make it so that you could submit somebody in MMA without the gi. And so in, instead of grabbing the grips and collars of the, um, up there, he would use his feet and he would control the posture. And that's where the rubber guard came, um, got birth from, you know, he won a, and he didn't win ADCC. He did well at ADCC. He beat Hoyler. And so he didn't have to go fight in pride. He just was like, dude, fuck, yeah, that was it. fuck fighting, bro. I'm not going to go out to Japan. It's like winning a gold medal kicked. in jiu-jitsu. Exactly, man. I'm just going to start my own, start my own system. Um, that's Kron's dad. Crone Gracie, Hoyler? Um, no, no, no. Crone's dad is Hickson Gracie. Hickson, okay. Hickson okay. Gracie. To yeah, beat yeah, one yeah. of them. Like, you think of Gracie's everywhere. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, you know, Gracie Fighters. Except for Kron. I, I feel like that win <sighs> wasn't hard. <laughs> Why did he look so bad, bro? That was really... We'll, we'll get in. I we'll get into that one. Because he's a Jiu-Jitsu guy. That broke my heart, man. That broke yeah. my heart. I wish he would have threw up some rubber guard, bro. That's a perfect example of, like, I was screaming at him, dude. Like, throw up mission control. Pull your legs up. Just try rubber guard the entire time, But man. Derek totally against the, that. Um, he looked the like... The Gracies do not use any type of rubber guard, bro. The Gracies are still, like, Stuck pretty, in 98. I mean... They they do a lot of uh, they've adapted you know yeah. but they just for some reason really don't like Tenth Planet man you know when I talk to I have a bunch of Navy. I mean not for some reason it's because Eddie's beaten Hoyler twice now yeah, essentially it's, like the, it's the end he didn't beat him the second time but he dominated that match bro if nobody there was no submission so it was technically a draw but everybody knows Eddie won that second rematch well some of my Navy SEAL friends um, and a lot of my military friends when it comes to like close quarter combat which is like you know clearing buildings and yep. and uh transitioning from rooms to hallways and they always say stick to the basics the basics will let you win the fight you know stick mm -hmm. to the basics master the basics and i think when it comes to like the gracie era which is still kind of among us now but like that that main like 90s to like 2001 when it was just great before eddie did his his thing with 10th planet you could see that Crone Gracie in his last fight 
still does the basics. And they're tremendous in a lot of aspects. But when you're fighting a full rounded MMA fighter in a, in a cage, I think you need to do more things like yeah. rubber guard in different positions from your back. And You guys will probably know the names of the fighters. I'm blanking on the, on the guy's names right now. But there was a, the guy was making his debut. He was a Brazilian kid. And then he was fighting an undefeated. Oh, the sixteen and zero Russian guy. Oh, that, yeah. That kid had a tremendous Man. guard. Oh, that kid oh, won. Oh, the, the from the same card. From the same. Yeah, card. that dude. It was a stark I, contrast. Savage. Stark savage. contrast of what the guard on five could days look notice like and what the guard didn't look like. I mean, everything from a knee bar to like how he many had, he was a dark choke, triangles, triangles and he was pulling it all three rounds. And, too. and like yes. you said, let's not overlook the fact it was his. Fucking debut on yeah. five days notice. Sixteen and zero Russian. Yes, that kid won the fight, bro. I don't care what anybody says. That kid won that fight, man. Like it's really sad to me that they don't award some submission attempts close more for more in MMA fights, yeah. dude. Because if they were, I think he got a bonus. Yeah, Dana definitely Dana told him he was that getting kid, his win. Like they were gonna pay tremendous. him the win. Do we know his name? What was that guy's uh, pa name? Pedro. I'll find out. Uh, man, shout out to that guy, bro. That guy made jujitsu look great. And do you know Gacy if he's a 10th planet guy? Look all right. He, I do not think he's a 10th planet guy. He's a Brazilian kid. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking it up all right. right now. He looked great, man. Well, look that's, at, what, look at, uh, that's what the guard should look like in an MMA fight. That's what the guard can look like and should look like in an MMA fight. If you're drilling and you're actually practicing what you should be doing in a live um, situation, bro. Like he was controlling the punch, I mean, controlling the shoulders, blocking at the elbows, bringing his knees in, shooting triangles, inverting. Bro. The entire time he was attacking. If bro. he didn't have it that was, rubber, uh, he would have got. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. It was Diego Lopez. Man, Diego shout out to Diego, Diego Lopez. He yeah. looked great that night. That was a that was a tremendous fight, bro. Savage. That was, I think it was the first fight on the main card. I think correct, I so. yeah, and complete, yeah. Set the tone for the entire. I'm glad card. you brought that up because there's a lot of. I mean, I'm not in there. You know, it's different. Every fight's different, but yeah, if he did not have uh, a guard at that level and, and a, you know a well-rounded jujitsu, uh, he would have got fucking. He would have beat up way way better than that. He, this guy is that's what he does. He's like a Khabib. These guys yeah. are from Russia. They just get they're, they're like jujitsu is over here. They're more like wrestling pressure and just ground and pound. Yeah. This guy schooled that kid. I mean, he sh I thought he won. I thought I, I I even went into that fight. I was like, oh man, he's fighting one of these Russian undefeated guys. I feel bad for this kid. He's debuting. Like they're just feeding him to the wolves. I was wondering why they did that. I but was now like, I this know. poor kid, dude. They're just feeding him to the wolves. And then he comes out and he just has strangles a great, the wolf. Hell of a chin, bro. Performance, man. Oh my god, that kid was a scrapper, dude. dude. I'm, I'm a big fan of that guy. What's his name again? Diego, Diego Lopez. Lopez. Diego Lopez, yeah. man. I can't wait to watch him fight again, dude. Diego Lopez. Come man. to Vegas, man. Let's get together. You should get him on the show, dude. Yeah. That, kid, that kid's... Um, well, I'll go eat, you know, some hibachi and talk some shit. He's a prospect <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so, um, you got into this because you had a rough, you know, a lot of things that went on. Like, I think that's yeah. great. Kinda when like, did you really get in? Like, you went to the conspiracies. You learned a little bit more <laughs> about Eddie Bravo. When did you say, like, this is This is, this my is what thing. I'm doing. So uh, pretty quickly, man, pretty quickly, I realized this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I, at, at about like 16 years old, I pretty much realized that. I was like, maybe even at 15, dude, I, I really quickly, I was like, okay, this is what I was meant to do. Like, this is, this is my calling. Like, I'm, because uh, I had a lot of issues, man. I had, my main three issues was I was afraid to talk to girls. I was having a lot of girl problems. 
I was um, failing all of my classes, didn't know how I was going to make money when I got older, and I was getting bullied really bad, and people were like, you know, I got jumped. And so I was like, people were essentially bullying me so bad I was getting attacked against my will. And so at that moment, I realized I'm not afraid to fight, and if I start fighting, I can make money, and if I'm fighting, I'll probably be able to attract a girl eventually, you know yeah. what I mean? So that was my thought as a 15-year-old kid, and so I was all in. Uh, and then once I found out about 10th Planet, I had somebody to look up to, you know what I mean? I had like a really positive mentor at the time, the Joe Rogan experience, was talking a lot about anxiety and depression, he's talking a lot about mental health at the time, he doesn't really talk about it as much anymore, but at the time, if you go back on the show, oh, it was yeah. a really, really big, big, big talking point, and so it helped me a ton as a kid, and, the, and Joe Shout out to Joe Rogan. Shout out to Eddie Bravo. They saved my life, literally, bro. Like, I didn't know them personally at the time, but they gave me something to live for, bro. Tenth Planet literally gave me a reason to live at the time, and it, and it, and it made me fascinated and obsessed, and it gave me a good avenue as a kid, man, and it, and it saved my life. But my parents didn't really realize. It was like, as soon as I turned 18... Uh, my parents were like, okay, cool, you graduated. Now what are you going to do? You have to go get a job. Like, I'm going to go fight? And I was like, I'm going to go fight. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm really good, mom and dad. Like, I'm going to go fight. And they were like, oh, son, that's cute. Little Caesars is hiring. That's cute. That's cute. Like, we watched, you know, like, my dad was like, son, you're not Chuck Liddell. Like, you're not. But you also you know fight. I mean? You're a pro now, fighter, too, right? I'm not a pro fighter um, for MMA, but I, I just fought on the combat jiu-jitsu card, which is a pro card. It was on the UFC Fight Pass. Have you done any, uh, like, full have, MMA? Yeah, yeah, I fought MMA. In 2019, and I'm getting back in MMA. I just had a little. I've had a little bit of a hiatus, but um, our co-host, uh, our co Ode Osborne, UFC flyweight. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, with. He's a part of fight. Gen. He's got a possible fight. He's been busy. Nice. Um, he's been out of town, but um, I would love to see. What, what, what would you fight? Like 145. How much you 45, weigh right now? 45. You're I about 158. Like, damn, you're good, dude. Yeah. That's right on the nose. Yeah. Yep. Right on the nose, 158, yep. I'm, a, I'm, but, a, um, I'm a good with the eyeballs. I'm training over <laughs> at Extreme Couture right now. I got a great group around me that I'm getting I'm getting ready to get back in MMA. I'm training with Jake Shields and Patchy Mix and Dan Ige. Shout out all those guys. Eric, Nixit, Coach, mm -hmm. what's up, big bro? Dennis Davis, all those guys, Extreme Couture. They're a great crew over there, man. They, they treat me like... Uh, as soon as I came in there, man, I knew they were the right crew for me, dude. Like, I love it over there, man. They're my MMA crew anyways. You know, I trained my jiu-jitsu at 10th Planet Las Vegas, but as far as my MMA and my, my MMA-specific training, I go over to Extreme Couture for, with Jake Shields, man. I have a, a, a small group over there that I train with. Ferret, the Basharat brothers, Ferret and Javid Basharat, they're in there, the undefeated guys. They're some really good guys to keep your eyes on if you don't know them in the UFC um, we, we're all around the same size, man. So there, I'm training with all guys where I, they're, and they're all telling me too, like the Basharat brothers, J Javid and, um, Javid and Farid, Patchy. They're like, dude, why haven't you been fighting more often? Like, bro, you're, you're doing, you're, you're in here with us, man. Like you, you know, you're at that level. You just have to go out there and do it. So I have the right group around me. I'm going to get back in MMA fighting. I just had a car accident. Which is another thing that kind of yeah. derailed me for a little bit. You know, I saw I got those up. pictures, man. God bless you that you're yeah. all right, bro. That was you, know. uh, you got a hard head, bro. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, holy, man. I, I saw the pictures the, on the paramedics oh. were shocked, bro. I, I I hit my head. I didn't have my seatbelt on like an idiot. I hit my head straight into the windshield. My whole skull was exposed, and then the paramedics were like, "How long were you knocked out for?" And I was like, "I didn't get knocked out." <laughs> and they were like, "Um." 
we understand that, you know, you're in a delirious state right now. Like, where were you born? What's your mom's name? What hospital you were born in? Asking me all sorts of questions. What's your hometown? I was answering them all. Um, like, really bro, good. I'm good. Shut yeah, the fuck I'm up. Good, I didn't get knocked <laughs> out. Like it's a class, they man. Like looking at each other like, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. Give me sense. some duct tape and get me out of here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I fight. I, you know, I train with high level fighters. I'm used to hitting, hitting my head, unfortunately. I don't know if that's a good or a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, we'll but, find out in about 30 years. You know, but I'm, this isn't too, too bad besides the cut. This massive laceration in my head. How far did that push you back? About three months? That happened February 20th, and um, I haven't competed since then, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to get back into it. But I'm, I'm looking for the right competition. I'm going to have a jiu-jitsu super fight to get my feet wet, wet, wet again, get back into competition. I compete a lot for high rollers. Have I you, saw. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about high rollers a little bit as well. Man. Yeah, I, that's great. Um, they're, they're in Vegas. They, they, well, yes, they are in Vegas, kind of. They had a HQ that was in Vegas. They were, they were doing a lot of shows out of. Um, every month they were doing a show, but they just recently are um, uh, left their HQ and they're in the process of finding a new place in Vegas, and they're on the road right now. Oh, okay. So their next show um, is in Phoenix, then the one after that is in San Diego. That's the one I have my eyes on is the San Diego card. There you go, Lana. That's something that she 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 might want to be a part of. The High Rollers, have you heard of it? No. Yeah, it's a bunch of oh. uh, high-level jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah. And they it's they just bake out and smoke <laughs> the whole time and jiu-jitsu. Oh, but it's I'd be down. it's like a UFC fight, but everyone's yeah. doing jiu-jitsu and they're just <laughs> all high. I have a friend who films uh, for it when they're in town. Yeah, because uh, okay. I do videography. It's a big work, marijuana. So I have a friend event. who films it. Nice. I love marijuana. <laughs> yes. I'm down to smoke out anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely got to check out High Rollers. Then High Rollers whole thing. Is um, because there's so many athletes that use cannabis, but it's always been like a like a taboo subject yeah. or like a touchy subject. Like there's been a lot of people that don't don't think you should smoke weed if you're an athlete, you know. But yeah. a lot of athletes doesn't matter what sports you do. Michael Phelps, right? Everybody's smoking. Everybody's weed. smoking. Everybody's smoking weed. And so what High Rollers is trying to do is shine a light on that to the public and show that you can be a high level athlete. And still consume cannabis, you know what I mean? And in fact, that cannabis actually helps athletes a lot. So they're trying to change the stigma against stoners in, in and just stoners in general, bro. They're, but they're trying to make it people realize stoners aren't just lazy people that are sitting down. Marijuana doesn't make you lazy. No, if you're they're, a lazy piece of shit, it's because you're, you're a just lazy, a lazy piece, piece of shit. shit you're going to be lazy, <laughs> yeah, bro. Facts. But if you're a high level athlete, marijuana can help your inflammation. <laughs> it can help you a lot, dude. It can help you um, recover. The recovery aspects for marijuana and high-level athletes is crazy man like it helps so much with inflammation it's a it's a lifesaver it's it's medicine a it's a it's, i have a friend shout out yeah. i won't say his name but you know he had a pretty bad uh issue with alcohol you know for mm. a while a couple duis and you know he's been sober like nine years now from alcohol but he's a heavy weed smoker Awesome dad, a couple little girls, goes to work, union guy, busts his ass, such a and big savage dude. Like, you talk about like the guys who show up at the park back in the day in high school at Throwdown, this motherfucker threw down. Complete <laughs> savage. I've known him since we went to preschool together. But okay. he always tells me, like, especially when I was like going through my addiction, like, why don't you smoke? Get away from the other mm -hmm. stuff. He's like, Bobby, it's medicine. Like, it'll yeah. save you. So I've seen firsthand people go from like, I'm an Iraq vet, man. I, I got PTSD. Uh, I went through tons of stuff. I've had, you know, unfortunately, uh, a lot of friends take their life uh, and, you know, lose their life, even if they're still living because of these issues. Yeah. It doesn't work personally for me because of my, just my own physiology. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like, 
we need to get that out there. Well, marijuana, especially in the veteran community, will help save lives. Yes. It will. I, I cannot say enough because get away from the pills, get away from the drugs, get away from the alcohol. Marijuana, man, I, I'm a huge advocate. Even though I don't consume it, uh, that's just personal to me. Uh, I used to. just mm-hmm. gives me anxiety. Um, it's different for everyone, man. It's just different things for different people. It's not for everyone, but yeah. the people it's for, it can tremendously help. So speaking of help, um, we spoke earlier a little bit about, we didn't dive too too deep into it, uh, but we, the climate nowadays, every single day, shout out Tom the Blast, I see posts on social media of kids getting beat up, kids getting bullied, yeah, um, just so many tragic things. And I'm a father, I have two little girls, like, what you know, back in the day, it wasn't as much, I think social media didn't exist, you know, when I was in school in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. late 90s. But how do you think on a jujitsu level, like if you could talk to the kids or or send a clip out there to millions of kids, what would you do since you kind of did it? Like, how would you get your, tell them like, I know it's scary. I know stepping into the room on the first time as a kid or a 37 year old guy who's out of shape. I know it's scary. Like, how do yeah. you get people into the jujitsu onto the mat to save their life? How, how would you do that? So I would tell them that life is hard. Life is hard. No matter what, life is hard. You know what I mean? Life is difficult. You have to work to put a smile on. You have to work in order to be able to, to, to be happy in life, you know? And jujitsu forces the struggle out of you, forces you to be uncomfortable and learn, teaches you how to be comfortable in the uncomfort, which is, which is life. You know what I mean? Like I, was so uncomfortable as a kid, man. I was thrown up in the morning. I would wake up and I was just, I couldn't handle life, bro. As soon as I thought about life, I would throw up. I was so uncomfortable. I just couldn't handle it, man. And then going into jiu-jitsu, learning how to deal with like a really, really sweaty, heavy, massive guy on top of you, smashing you, choking you against your will. And then it, it like, like we talked about earlier, it forces you to, to zone out and zone in. You have to be one in the moment and you have to learn how to overcome with whatever's um, facing you in the moment. And a lot of the time it's not fun, bro. A lot of, especially when you start, when you first start, it's almost always not going to be fun, man. It's going to suck more than it's going to be fun. But when you obsess about that, you start to, with jujitsu especially, it's, you get to realize the, um, the power of your own brain, bro, and how you can resolve these situations that look unresolvable you you feel so trapped you feel like there's no way out and then you find a way out and you're like holy shit i did it i got out i did it bro like you know and then through little battles like that it allows you to get through life much easier you know it allows you to have patience everywhere it allows you to have self-control everywhere it allows you to have to just deal with the pressures of life through the pressures of the mat you know makes a lot of sense that's what i would tell people i also think there that's there's another aspect a lot of people don't know because if they're if they look at fighters and they look at jujitsu, they go, "Oh shit, those are a bunch of tough guys." And some of the most mm-hmm. high level fighters, jujitsu competitors, Navy SEALs, special operations people that I know are the most humble, chill, <laughs> they're relaxed. teddy bears, bro. I've never <laughs> met a guy who's like, "Yeah, I mean, I have four deployments," and just like arrogant, just no yeah. arrogance at all, no ego, super humble. I think being in an environment where everybody is very similar 
has you know very like-minded goals yes and they all are working toward the same thing uh i just think that in itself and maybe that could stop some of the bullying like all these kids that you know are bullying are mm -hmm. probably like getting getting beat by their parents and and they're acting yeah. out in in other ways by beating other kids and it's just a freaking vicious vicious cycle man yeah man. and it's it's sad to see man it's scary like i'm my we have like my, my kids are young but i'm like damn i'm think i'm already thinking about private school and you know so I just think jujitsu and weed can save the world. <laughs> and mushrooms. And podcasts. And mushrooms. Those two. Uh, microdose, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but, um, I actually, I, I microdosed for a little while. Um, in California, you know, it became legal. And uh, it, I tried it for PTSD. A lot of veterans do that shit. Um, that's, that's one that really helps for PTSD. That can, cause, that can like, um, enact like, long-lasting results, whereas yeah. marijuana can like, help you day-to-day. If you take a little mushrooms and you have the right experience, it can actually like help you through to um, real, real um, healing. You know what I mean? You can yeah. actually help you where you don't need to take the mushrooms later on. You know, you have it's like taking mushrooms is like going to see a therapist, but the therapist is yourself and you can't hide from your own bullshit. You know, so like I like that. Yeah. That's a clip right there. If yeah. I've ever heard one. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of thinking about it, that's definitely a clip. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to ask you this. Uh, because it, I hold it near and dear to me. My dad's a retired 9-11 first responder, you know, almost 30 years as a police officer. I grew up around the cops. I became military police sergeant, deployed, came back, became a Department of Defense corporal. Um, so I support the blue, but lately there's been a lot of things that I don't necessarily support going on in that community. And I, and I, I see your face. I'm, trust me. I'm, I, I am pro uh, first responder, I was for a very long time, but I'm just disappointed in in the lack of accountability right now in, in those ranks. Jiu-Jitsu, I think, and you can explain it better, is very important to first responders. Not just for oh them to go home, but to be able to assess a threat, a situation on ground, and handle it with the minimum of force necessary to, to get through that situation. What do you think when you look at some of these fat, lazy, <laughs> out of shape cops? And I'm going to talk shit because I wore a uniform and when I did, I had fucking <sighs> discipline and I looked like a goddamn cop should look. What do you, what would you say to these guys that, you know, are getting hurt out there or hurting other people? You, like, I think they need to be on the mat. They, n police need jujitsu almost more than anybody in society, bro. Police, it's, it's not even police need, bro. It should be mandatory. The fact that it's not mandatory for police to train jujitsu is like absurd to me, bro. Your job is to get a resisting person's hands behind their back and you don't practice getting a resisting person's hands behind their back on the daily. It's 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 unbelievable to me, dude. It doesn't even make sense. Um, there's no bro. I'm telling you, there's you go through like <laughs> handcuffing techniques in like uh, school, and then you, uh, we do these mechanical advantage control hold techniques. They sound super cool, mock drills. Yeah. But you're not doing it every not, day, though, bro. No, not, no, you, we you do it once. Like, yeah, you get like a certificate or like you pass a class, and you're like, oh yeah, you're certified now. Like what? <laughs> yeah, and that's why cops are drawing their firearms and they're killing exactly. innocent people. They're going straight to their belt. They're going straight to their weapons because they don't understand their their first line of weapons, which is their body. They don't know how to use their body as a weapon, and so they have to rely on their little Batman belt. Yeah, or but, their um, mouths. You know, I think yeah. the first thing is verbal judo. You know, being able to use de-escalation de techniques mm -hmm. with, with with your words. The police um, are the worst at de-escalation, bro. They start screaming right away. Get out of the car. <laughs> they start screaming right but away. that goes back to the bullies like, again what? the bullies and the egos yeah if you are in a position of authority and i say this because i, I wore chevrons and i had a lot of guys under me and 
I also had very bad leadership. So like it comes, it comes full circle. You mm -hmm. get the guy who has a shitty home life. So he goes out and he picks on the other, the, the kid at school. Yeah. That kid, you know, has to go through all that bullshit. Then either he turns bad or he turns into a superhero. <laughs> Cops, if they, if they're not happy, if they're still people, but if you look at yourself like a dirtbag and you're out of shape, you're not healthy. And then you got to go out and like supposedly protect people. The first thing you're going to do is revert back to your bad traits and yes. hurt people. Yes. It's, I don't know. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to shout out to one of the couple of organizations that I've worked with and, and go and revert back to high rollers as well. No, so high rollers, uh, once a year does this, uh, event and it's my favorite event all year, bro. It's what's my, it's my ADCC gold medal, bro. It's my like UFC championship. It's my, it's my, it's my favorite day of the year, bro. It's been two years in a row now. That's called cops versus stoners, right? <laughs> it's my, it's my Olympics, bro. He just gave me the belt. I'm two and zero oh against police officers. Let's go. Let's I'm go. I'm two and zero, oh, bro. That's so, great. Cops I love versus, where this is going. Cops versus stoners is a collaboration with high rollers and this um, foundation called adopt a cop, right? And adopt a cop is a great or, uh, organization um, and they what they do is they sponsor jujitsu gyms and they have um, police be able to train there up until blue belt for free right so if your gym has um, has is like doing one of those adopt a cop um, sponsorships or whatever it is however they're doing it if your gym has the adopt a cop program police officers can train there up until they get their blue belt for free because of the adopt a cop program so that's tremendous that's a great thing that adopt a cop is doing so shout out to adopt a cop and high rollers wants to connect the two communities you know they want they want them to stop being so much enemies and and they also wanted to, to um, it's like a fundraiser for Adopt-A-Cop. So all the money for the Cops versus Stoners goes to Adopt-A-Cop and helps out the police. So it's a great, it's a great event. And it's, it's a jiu-jitsu event where active police officers have a jiu-jitsu match against active stoners, right? So guys <laughs> who are actively smoking weed and doing jiu-jitsu has a, a submission-only match against a police officer who's also actively doing jiu-jitsu. So it's not just police officers who don't train. They train, you know what I mean, right? My first Cops versus Stoners, High Rollers is um, notoriously sometimes, not always, they've gotten better, but especially two years ago, they were notoriously kind of um, non-reliable with the matchmaking. Sometimes everything was kind of up in the air, you know? Gotcha. And I, I'm messaging them, and I'm like, hey, guys, like, I want to I want to match on cops versus stoners. They're like, okay, we got you a 155 brown belt police officer. I'm like, cool. What's his name? They're like, don't worry about his name. We got you. Like, just show up. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Why won't you tell me his name? But whatever. I show up to the venue and I'm like, hey guys, like I'm here for cops versus stoners. Um, who's my opponent? And they look on the paper and they're like, oh, uh, come over, come over here. We'll show you your opponent. They take me to the biggest guy in the room. He's six four about and like 240 pounds. And they're like, oh, this is your opponent right here. I'm 155 pounds. And I'm like, what do you mean? You got to be joking. And they're like, oh, I don't know what happened. There was a mess up. There was an error. I don't know how this happened. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I, I said it would be like 235, but I'm like 240 right now. Like, is that all right? And I'm like, dude. And he's like, yeah, I'm a brown belt too. So he's 240, active police officer, brown belt. And I'm like, what the hell, man? This is bullshit. Like, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna lose. And I, I went into that match literally thinking I was gonna lose, and I just wanted to put on a show. I was like, I'm just gonna have fun this match, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not meant to win this match, but it is what it is. I'm just gonna have fun. But I really didn't want to lose. At the same time, I was kind of thinking, like, I'm treating this match like if I lose this match, I'm gonna go to jail. 
and I don't want I don't want to go to jail, bro. <laughs> That's one hell of a way to fight. You know? <laughs> and and also, man, I I'm not to disrespect police officers or anything. I'm not going to say anything too too bad about them. No, but, I give um, you the full green light. I was a cop. My dad's a cop. Talk some shit. I, you know, like people say, not all cops are bad, and I agree with that. Not all people are bad, bro. But you can't you can't say not all cops are bad when there's bad cops and the good quote unquote good cops say nothing about it. They're like a gang, bro. Yeah. A good co- you can't say that not all cops are bad when the quote-unquote good cops turn a blind eye on the bad cops. And like, the ones oh, back, that- back the blue, back the blue, bro. Like, you know how many conspiracies and, like, uh, and like bad stuff has happened, like, the, through corruption in the police? Bro, I resigned from bro, the police force because the of the police? bad police. Who polices the police, bro? There has to be a... Um, uh, uh, nobody. Nobody polices the police. I'm, bro, that's a true story. In 2018, crazy, I resigned... With over a decade of experience with federal police time and, and, and because cops that were scumbags were getting cops like me who were good cops uh, shot while they were sitting in their car. I didn't yeah. do anything and I got a family. So I literally would take I had to take my uniform off to drive home and I'm like, you know, fuck it. I, I'll go do something else, man. I went and became a barber, went to <laughs> video school. And like I'll say this too, man. If the war on drugs didn't exist, bro, I don't believe on the war on drugs. I think that you shouldn't go to jail. I don't think drugs should be legalized, but they should be decriminalized and they should have harsh, like, you should be forced into treatment. You should be forced into treatment because treatment helps people more than jail. That's been proven. But the way they're doing it in certain places, like, it's, it's all fucked up, man. Switzerland's it's, it's, it's on It's a touchy point. subject. It's a really touchy subject, but there's no way around it, bro. People are always going to do drugs. You can't stop people from doing drugs. That's a fact. And the war on drugs is essentially the war on people, bro. The war on people, man. You're taking people that aren't really doing anything wrong. They have a problem, and you're putting them in jail, and you're creating bigger problems. So the war on drugs is the main reason why I have an issue with police. If the war on drugs didn't exist then people would like police a lot of the time. You know, when the firefighters show up, nobody's afraid. The police show up, everybody's scattering. Everybody's running. You well, know you said I mean? it perfectly. It's not all cops are bad. And it's yeah. not all people are bad. The problem is that good officers will not speak out against exactly. another officer doing the bad that's, thing. That's the main issue And, and have, I've been but... put in those positions where I'm like, you know, it's going to... God, if I do say something, like something small, I have, like I don't remember <coughs> anything specific, but I remember it's like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that snitch-ass dude who's like exactly, in the department. Man, and, you, and I get Like it. you might get shot. So, I But that's it, not the right thing. Any, you got to do the right thing. You know, it, All these things have touchy... They're touchy subjects, man. There's not really a good answer. It's all a conspiracy. But um, back to cops versus stoners, bro. Um, I'm going out there against the guy. He's 240 pounds, brown belt, way bigger than me. I think I'm going to lose, but I really don't want to lose this match, bro. This is a big match to me. And so I go out there. I pull guard right away. I entangle his legs, and I heel hook him within 28 seconds, dude. Like shred his MCL like pretty bad, like pop his leg pretty, pretty bad. And as it's happening, I'm like, I'm like almost hallucinating, dude. I'm like, what? (laughs) I can't believe this is really happening like this, bro. This feels like a movie, man. Like this guy's way bigger and stronger than me. He's a cop. He's a brown belt. And I just iced him in seconds. And that was kind of like the, uh, I was known in the community before that, but that was what really, really skyrocketed me into the community. And really, really, um, that was when I was competing. After that, I was competing almost every single weekend. I really started to believe in myself after that competition. I was like, oh, wow. Like, 
I know I'm good, but now I just proved it to myself that I'm that I'm really good, that I'm at this level, you know? Like I just beat beat somebody who is also a brown belt, who's a heavy almost 100 pounds bigger than me, and I just iced him in like 28 seconds, you know what I mean? So after that, I started competing for high rollers all the time and had a really, really good track record in high rollers. I was beating a lot of black belts, beat a lot of guys. I'm not going to say any names, but I got a buggy choke on a really, really high level competitor that I was talking to you about oh, earlier. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and the buggy choke is like a... <laughs> like a, a submission a lot of people don't really respect if you guys don't know what a buggy choke is it's a very strange looking unorthodox submission from bottom side control that i've kind of built my name on um because of that match as well i buggy choked a really high level can we see it yeah yeah yeah. can we go on, to a wide shot you want to choke me out real quick or you can oh, choke oh, me can or... show, yeah, yeah yeah either yeah, one could, of us could, yeah let's <laughs> see what it looks like for sure I've, I've never heard of it before oh man yeah let's please go, choke bro. me out dude. i'd love to put you on the buggy choke let's do it where can we do it at It's changing the entire jiu-jitsu world right now. Sorry for choking no, no, you so many times. No, I just no, realized no, I just made him tap like 10 times in a row. Sorry about that. No, it's brother. all good, Roma Savage. <laughs> no, that's awesome. When you said buggy, I was like, I need to feel it. I, I, you know? it's like a, <laughs> I need to experience it. It's breaking all the rules in jiu-jitsu. You're in a bad position. You're in bottom side control. The guy on top is doing everything right. <laughs> He's got his underhook. Yeah, I would have went for head a position. head and arm choke or tried to like get choke. a mount or... Yep. Yeah, yeah, or I, like a, I would have went to like try to, uh, or arm go, bar. I, I I I didn't go too too deep into it, but it's you can't mount me because I bring my knee to your right. hip. I bring my knee to your hip, so you can't enter. Yeah, into the there mount. was no. I couldn't. I could not get knee to belly or anything. Yeah. If you go knee on belly before I lock it, that's the defense. You oh, so quickly it posture up and when get knee on belly. When you feel me reaching for that bullshit, bro, you gotta you gotta pop up on you your surfboard. Go. You gotta get up. Yeah, that's cool, man. Jiu-jitsu doesn't work, bro. Just stand up. <laughs> <laughs> just stand up. Yeah, it doesn't work. Just, just hit Derek him with a baseball. Lewis, yeah. bro, go to JSU. That's his you college, saw that clip. J just stand up. Just stand man. up. So what's work. so what's next for you, man? Um, like I said, I think I'm trying to do high rollers um, short term. That's in uh, San Diego next month, and then after that, I'm really trying to get back into to MMA. I'm trying to to fight MMA again as soon as possible. I'm gonna have a fight before the end of the year. Knock on wood. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've been working hard with Jake, Jake Shields. He's taking me under his wing, and 
Shout out to Jake. He's a legend. Shout out to Jake Shields. San Francisco. I love him on Twitter. You know? The realest Bay Area. I ever met, bro. How funny is he, dude? Especially he's, on Twitter, dude. I just bro, follow him for the, the tweets. I've been fan he's of him so since, funny, uh, you know, I'm closer to their age, you know. Uh, I've been following him. You know, and my wife was born in San Francisco. <laughs> Bay Area is huge. 209 out there. Um, 707. I yeah. was just there for almost five years. Like, that's home for me. He he just called out, like, a transgender wrestler or some shit. And, like, they're supposed to have a match. He's like, oh, like... Fight if, Circus. If have you heard of Fight Circus? They can do it at Fight Circus. Oh, dude, I'll tell them. And I the think... guy that owns Fight Circus, I will be sitting with in on the podcast Friday. That was Jake's last post. He was like, I didn't expect to come out of retirement like this. And they're <laughs> like, I don't, did you guys see that? It no, was, I didn't see dude, that. Fight, oh, fight dude, Circus, so they do funny. in Thailand. They do, like... Two chicks on one transgender, or we'll or do like, like you versus somebody you versus, who's like like a dwarf. Yeah, you versus oh, a dwarf. Go, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Up. But the guy that runs it is coming here because uh, Thailand they don't really have any like athletic commissions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like, just say, "Oh, you, two people want to fight. All right, let them Let's fight." Go. So, yeah. w- are are there any when you're bef- what what is the goal? Is the UFC the, the goal? Yes, definitely the UFC is the goal. Um, that's that, my goal in my athletic career anyway. My long-term goal or what I'm going to do no matter what happens in my life is I'm going to open up my own 10th planet somewhere down the line. I'm trying to figure out a location on like what town I want to open up in. Centennial you know? Hills. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, I'm born and raised in Las Vegas. But Hell yeah. I kind of want to get out of Las Vegas, to be honest, man. It's kind of a... Dude, I'm from Jersey, yeah. the Jersey Shore. I don't really want to raise. I, get it. I don't have any kids, bro. But I don't really want to raise my kids here. If I do have kids, you know yeah. what I mean. It's not the best town to raise kids in. Not the best city, in my opinion. Well, what, you want, maybe Colorado, somewhere it's not too humid. Yeah, you know, has that's more my seasons. problem too, bro. I'm so pussy when it comes to cold. I hate the cold. Uh, I get cold so easy. We're desert right? rats. Like we I'm don't like. He's from here yeah. too. Yeah, Austin. I was born and raised here too. I mean, I raised my kid here. He's four, but. Yeah. I, I agree with that. There's sentiment. worse places. To, to there are there are worse places, but There's like because I'm assuming Clark County School District as well. That dude, the Clark County. Yeah, School it's District awful. Uh, often introduced We're you to like, George back there. He was a teacher there up until a couple uh, last year. He's our age though, so you know We're he like gets the worst it. in the nation or something. Yeah, we're always teetering on like forty nine or fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. So you guys all probably know some of the same. If you guys are same age and you're both from Vegas. Yeah, I mean, what school did you go to? Basic high school, two thousand fourteen. Uh, see, okay, so you graduated two years before me. So I'm twenty five. I went to Cheyenne. Okay, I wrestled out of Cheyenne, but I graduated in twenty sixteen. Nice. So yeah, Jesus. pretty yeah, close. We, we probably know some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. It's a small town, man. Well, hey, so I, I spoke to Eric Nixick, and of course we could get pro, you know, all the, the champs and the pro, and I will. But this yeah. is a marathon for me, and it's a real journey that I love. So I enjoy uh, talking to people that are on the come up. Um, we'll talk offline, but like I told Eric personally, like before I asked for Strickland and all these champs, and like is there any other people that, you know, I could talk to to help boost them a little bit in their career? So, um I look forward to talking. Jiu-jitsu is kind of like, I think I might have been a black belt in my last life. I believe it. That's how I feel. You I know? believe it. That's the laziest thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> but I really I really appreciate you coming. Um, I want to stay in contact. And um, Yeah, dude, I appreciate you having me on today, absolutely, man. I had dude. a great time here. Yeah, we do a lot here. We do some like uh, MMA junkie will come in. Yeah, MMA junkie radio. I, I nice. somewhat produce their show. We do like the, the pay-per-views. They do it live from here. Okay. So we yeah, do those, but we just had Rich some... Franklin in. We've had Ben Askren in. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of all the PFL. Uh, Misha champions. Tate was in here with Ode. Misha Tate, nice. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Jamal of Hill was just in yeah. here. Brandon Moreno does his show out I've of here. Brandon so. Moreno was in here. Yeah. 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 But I, I look forward to to 
you know, uh, your career. I got your back too. Thanks, I'm from man. Jersey. I will gladly talk shit to your opponent <laughs> from the stand. So, um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, Jordan, before no I go, he, can I put out some shout outs? Bro, real quick? please. So, let them rip. Shout out to Hardeen Cannabis Dispensary, the best dispensary in Las Vegas. They treat me great, man. They, they have the cleanest facility in town, the best products. Go to Hardeen if you're in Las Vegas. Get some really good weed. That's the place to go. Um, shout out to Eddie Bravo and Coach Casey and Jake Shields, my coaches. And um, shout out to Next Level App. It's an app that's on the come up right now. It's trying. It's getting into the MMA community. It's going to be way better than LinkedIn. It's going to be um, a way for you to connect with athletes way better than any other um, social media has been allowing them to yet. It's gonna, they're going to have a s- exclusive content there. They're going to have all the links, all anything you could possibly need um, for your favorite athletes. It's going to be a really good um, website. So I'm, I'm on board with them. I'm going to start posting some exclusive stuff to there. It's called the Next Level app. So shout out to them as well. Hell yeah. Shout out to all, all those sponsors. We're also okay. going to be hitting up people for some sponsors here pretty soon as well. Awesome. Um, I wanted to... Ended with this proper 12. I'm holding this today because Conor McGregor's Netflix special came out uh, forever McGregor today. And uh, I look forward to him coming back and fighting Michael Chandler. Thank you, brother. Austin, I appreciate you as well. Good luck on your jujitsu journey. Thank Um, you. And uh, fight junkies. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening, uh, viewing. and, And I just appreciate everybody, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Later.